Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the new details about the special classified documents that Donald Trump held at Mar-a-Lago. As CBS News learns, the former president allegedly kept some of the government's most closely held secrets inside his Florida home. The startling information about the more than 700 pages of classified documents that sparked concern at the FBI. CBS's Robert Costa has the new reporting and explains why some experts are worried. If that information got got into the hands of our adversaries, it would cause exceptionally grave damage to the United States of America. Disaster declaration in Texas. The recovery begins after a once in a thousand years storm. CBS's Omar Villafranca is there. Firefighters are here and they're going to try to help him because the house at this point is not livable. Plus, CBS's Chris Van Cleve on the summer travel nightmare made worse by the storm. Could the government force airlines to pay back flyers? And how schools are working to keep kids safe as they return to the classroom. CBS's Carter Evans tonight shows the new normal. COVID hasn't gone away, but it appears the fear of it has in schools. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night. Well, tonight we're learning new information about the FBI search at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, giving us a glimpse into what kind of classified materials were allegedly kept at the 45th president's Florida home. CBS News previously reported that classified documents were found in boxes that the National Archives got back in January. But the Trump team shared a letter from the archivist that has new details inside those 15 boxes, where documents marked as classified national security information, including the highest levels of classification and some known as special access 
access program materials. Now, that means that Trump took to Florida some of the most highly classified secrets in the government. We have a lot of news to get to tonight, and CBS's Robert Costa will start us off from Palm Beach, Florida. Good evening, Robert. Good evening, Nora. Stunning new details tonight from the National Archives about highly classified materials in former President Trump's possession now coming to light in an official document for the first time. A newly revealed letter from the National Archives to Donald Trump's legal team details the alarm inside the federal agency about Trump's possession of highly classified material. Specifically among the boxes Trump took with him to his Mar-a-Lago estate were over 100 documents with classification markings comprising more than 700 pages, some up to top secret. Top secret is the highest classification level of the U.S. government. It's, it's based on a judgment that if our adversaries got their hands on that information, there would be exceptionally grave damage to the United States of America. So far, a U.S. official tells CBS News that the Justice Department has retrieved at least 150 classified documents from the boxes Trump handed over to the National Archives earlier this year. And the New York Times reports that since federal agents re-engaged with Trump's legal team this summer and then searched his home, that number has climbed to more than 300, containing documents from the CIA, the National Security Agency, and the FBI. Trump, who is considering a 2024 presidential run, continues to attack the probe and cast it as politically motivated in a motion earlier this week. The Justice Department has responded by saying it had probable cause for the search. A presidential election is more than two years away. This doesn't immunize him from a criminal investigation into this mishandling and unauthorized retention of properly marked classified documents. The political fallout remains uncertain. Many Republicans rallying to Trump's side, others far more muted about Trump's legal fate. Today, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said, quote, this is an unfolding episode we are all watching. Nora. Interesting. Robert Costa for us. Thank you. Tonight, communities in Texas are slowly beginning to recover following the historic and deadly storms that caused massive flooding across much of the region. The storms have moved into the lower Mississippi Valley with heavy rains hitting northern Louisiana. We get more now from CBS's Omar Villafranca. Tonight, the storm that flooded parts of Texas has dropped as much as eight inches of rain across sections of the Gulf Coast states, with more to come. The Weather Channel's Justin Michaels was in Monroe, Louisiana, just east of Shreveport, when the storm hit. The kind of flooding we're seeing here is in neighborhoods and on streets, and they did have some neighborhood and street flooding just yesterday. With the amount of rain we're experiencing today, there is concern that could happen again. 48 hours ago, the record-breaking storm pounded parts of Texas, dumping more than a foot of rain, sparking flash floods and hundreds of water rescues, even a tornado. Today, Texans started to clean up the mess. Just southeast of Dallas, this is what the Medina family woke up to yesterday. Several inches of water inside their home, several feet outside. Today, we found Jose Luis Medina surveying his waterlogged house. And he said when they went outside to get out, it was basically up to their necks. I think everybody here just needs water. This afternoon, first responders were still going door to door, checking on residents. They rescued 65-year-old Nolan Williams yesterday. Two fire department people carried me out. Were you worried at any point? Yeah. I just grabbed a trash bag and put my medications in it mm -hmm. and a couple of clothes, change of clothes in it and her. 
We are praying for those people. That was Omar Villafranca reporting from Texas tonight. Now, as the storms recede, travel nightmares continue, and now the federal government is signaling that airlines will be held to a higher standard and could be forced to pay back travelers for their troubles. Here's CBS's Chris Van Cleve. Since Sunday, more than 19,000 flights delayed, nearly 3,000 more canceled. Severe weather coupled with airline and air traffic control staffing issues made Paul Thompson's flight from L.A. to New York a three-day trek. It's incredibly frustrating. I mean, you can't rely upon anything. Cancellations in Denver had airlines rolling out cots for stranded flyers. In New York, Joby Palthinkal, his wife and toddler, got stuck trying to get to Tampa. Delayed another hour, delayed another hour, and now today, the same thing is happening again. This summer, nearly a quarter of flights by U.S. airlines have been delayed, on average, by almost an hour. We are still seeing far, far too many delays and cancellations. Do airlines need to be held to a higher standard? I think so. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg sent a letter to airlines last week calling their performance unacceptable. Airlines say they've thinned their schedule and increased hiring, trying to keep pace. It doesn't take nearly as long to uh, qualify somebody to get into a call center as it does the cockpit. We need to make sure of is that passengers have a clear understanding of their rights. And in Seattle, a different kind of disruption on an Alaska Airlines flight to San Diego as the plane's engine cover ripped off during takeoff. There were no injuries. Secretary Buttigieg has told the airlines he believes if it's a long delay, they should provide a meal voucher to passengers, and if they strand people overnight for any reason, should pay for a hotel room. The Department of Transportation is working on new regulations to require refunds for lengthy delays or major schedule changes. And as for Paul, he did finally make it to New York, but his bag arrived in Atlanta. Nora? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, something has to change. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Tonight, two men face a possible sentence of life in prison after being found guilty of planning to abduct the governor of Michigan. The jury also found that Adam Fox and Barry Croft Jr. guilty of conspiring to obtain a bomb to blow up a bridge. Prosecutors said they were anti-government militia members planning to start a war. Defense lawyers argued that the men had been set up by the FBI. Tonight, U.S. officials are planning to announce a record $3 billion aid package to Ukraine as the war hits the six-month mark. The State Department believes Russia is preparing new attacks in response to a recent car bombing outside Moscow. And they're warning all U.S. citizens to leave Ukraine. CBS's Deborah Pata is in Kyiv. Moscow's political elite turned out in force to pay their last respects to Daria Dugina, killed instantly when her car blew up on the outskirts of the capital. The explosion has punched a giant hole in Vladimir Putin's argument that his war is necessary to keep Russia safe. Dugin's father, Alexander Dugin, is a vocal supporter of that war. It's believed he was the intended target. While the motive remains unclear, exiled Russian politician Ilya Ponomarov claims it's the work of an underground Russian resistance group who warned him a week ago something big was going to happen. And what is the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to overthrow Putin and to stop the war and to build the government of social justice. He did not offer any evidence, but says this is just the beginning. The war would be ended not in Ukraine, it would be ended in Moscow. 
The Kremlin has blamed Ukraine for the attack, a charge it strenuously denies, but it has raised the prospect of an escalation of the war, particularly as Ukraine celebrates Independence Day on Wednesday. President Zelensky, however, stressed defiance rather than fear when he raised the national flag today. The blue and yellow flag of Ukraine will once again fly where it belongs, he said, including Crimea. Kiev remains on edge as the country braces for the possibility of renewed Russian attacks this week. Stricter curfews have been imposed in some regions and people have been warned to stay vigilant. Nora? Deborah Pata, thank you so much. Well, we want to turn now to the primaries with voters heading to the polls in New York and Florida with several key races that will have national implications come November. CBS's Scott McFarlane has been following it all. In Florida tonight, Democrats are choosing a nominee to try to take down Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, a potential 2024 presidential candidate. The contenders, state agriculture commissioner Nikki Freed and former Republican governor turned Democratic congressman Charlie Crist. We're going to beat Ron DeSantis. I mean, that's why we're doing this. We're in it to win it. Meanwhile, America's biggest city is poised to lose one of its biggest political giants. A redrawn congressional map has forced two titans of the U.S. House to run against each other. House Judiciary Chair Jerry Nadler. The fact that we're going to lose because of this reapportionment, one committee chairmanship, is very unfortunate for New York. Fighting his 30-year colleague, House Oversight Chair Carolyn Maloney, for the nomination. The whole nation is watching this election. Two hours north, all eyes are on a special election to fill a vacant House seat with abortion rights taking center stage. Democrat Pat Ryan is trying to galvanize voters upset with the high court's June decision. We're going to defy the conventional wisdom and expectations. I think people understand what's at stake. His Republican opponent, Mark Molinaro, acknowledges national political forces are mobilizing here. Do you see outside interests coming in here trying to fire up the voting base? Yeah, listen, without question, uh, obviously, uh, everyone has a degree of interest. Which means tonight's results could be a harbinger of things to come, including of the potential impact of abortion rights on November's elections, now 77 days away, Nora. Scott McFarland, thank you. All right, a Twitter whistleblower accuses the social media giant of hiding major security flaws. That story in 60 seconds. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. A former head of security at Twitter is alleging the company has misled regulators about its cybersecurity defenses and its ability to protect user accounts. Twitter stock fell more than 7% on the news, losing $2.4 billion in market value. Now members of Congress are calling for an investigation citing national security concerns, and there's questions about what it could mean for Elon Musk. Here's CBS's Nicole Killian. Tonight, explosive allegations from a Twitter whistleblower. Inside this 84-page complaint obtained by CBS News, Peter Mudge Zadko says there are extreme, egregious deficiencies inside Twitter when it comes to user privacy, digital, and physical security. 
Zatko worked as Twitter's head of security for two years before he was fired this past January. What he found inside this company uh, was unlike anything he'd seen elsewhere. John Tai is Zatko's attorney. Does he still believe that Twitter users are still at risk? Absolutely. Uh, And that's why he reluctantly has decided to become a whistleblower. The complaint details multiple respects uh, at which the data and individual users are handled differently than, than Twitter has said publicly. This latest blow comes as the website is engaged in a war with Elon Musk, who pulled out of buying Twitter over concerns about the number of spam bots on the site. There was no coordination. We've never communicated with Elon Musk or his team. Twitter said Zatko was fired for poor performance and said the complaint was riddled with inaccuracies. Nicole Killian, CBS News, Washington. Still ahead, why two Atlanta officers won't face charges in the shooting death of a 27-year-old black man and the mysterious illness killing dozens of dogs in Michigan. As students head back to the classroom, reported COVID-19 cases among children are dropping. That's one reason why schools nationwide are lifting restrictions and are learning to live with a new normal. CBS's Carter Evans tells us what one school is doing to keep kids safe. Good morning, students. As the new school year dawns in Azusa, California, Good morning, there's a new COVID reality and fresh hope. It's exciting to be able to try and finally get back to normal. Diane and Raul Ramirez say there's no substitute for their kids being in school full time. We just all need to adapt. I feel like we need to start getting back into the routine again. After more than two years of uncertainty. We're coming back, we're not coming back, mask on, mask off, contact tracing, not contact tracing. Uh, It's been difficult. This year, school districts nationwide are dropping testing requirements and nearly 96% no longer require masks. The lesson now, says district nurse Melissa Lofton, is safety. So it's standard to have sanitizing stations at every corner here. The district used federal funds to improve ventilation in every classroom. And if a student tests positive... We don't send the class home, but we um, notify families. Living with COVID now, I think, is... Is doable. Do you see the fear that you used to see? No. It is not at the forefront of what they think when they come to school anymore. That's echoed by parents like Rena Covington. I'm happy the kids are back with their friends at school with teachers. This is where they need to be. Keeping students in school has really helped with mental health. And, and the emotional well-being. Lofton says parents should stay vigilant. Good hygiene, like hand washing, is key. And at the very first sign of illness, keep kids home and test frequently. Are we safer than we were before? Yes, we are. Carter Evans, CBS News, Azusa, California. Coming up next, an update on a deadly and mysterious illness prompting a health warning for pet owners in Michigan. Tonight, more than two years after Rayshard Brooks was shot and killed by Atlanta police, the case against two officers has been dropped. A special prosecutor said the officers' actions were justified after they found Brooks sleeping in his car in a fast food drive through lane. There was a struggle after Brooks allegedly took one of their tasers while fleeing. He was killed just weeks after the death of George Floyd, igniting more nationwide protests. Paul Pelosi, the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, pleaded guilty today to a DUI charge in California. 
and the State Highway Patrol released video of his arrest back in May. The 82-year-old businessman avoided more jail time and will instead serve one day in a court work program. An interlock ignition device will be kept on his car. He's also been on, will be on probation for three years. All right, tonight, a deadly and mysterious illness is worrying dog owners in Michigan. The illness, similar to parvovirus, has killed more than 30 dogs, most of them under two years old. Infected dogs have died with just three days of showing symptoms. Michigan Animal Control officials are advising dog owners to try and keep their pets vaccinated and keep them at home for now. And we'll be right back with a veteran's unique way to rebuild his life. They say a man's home is his castle, but it can mean much more than that. Here's CBS's Roxana Saberi with one British Army veteran's story. Mikey Allen came to the mountains of Wales, searching for solitude. So this is it? Yeah, this is the castle I've been uh, building now for the last three years. But he found purpose. After serving with the British Army in Afghanistan over a decade ago, Alan suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. His marriage broke down, and one day, so did he. Just kept eating painkillers and eating them and eating them. I the hope not to wake up. But you woke up. I woke up the next day. He was homeless, but a farming family let him live and build on their land. His castle became his salvation. Building this has been a big coping mechanism for myself, but in the meantime, I guess, it is creating something for other people. Each week, local two, residents one. and other troubled veterans visit, inspired by the 42-year-old. His charity, Endex, offers fitness sessions, skills training, and counseling with therapists like Gareth Noble. As bad as things are, there's always a future. The belief is important. Alan hopes to finish the castle's third and final floor this fall. More space for more healing. Roxana Saberi, CBS News, in the Zerhawi Valley, Wales. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell here in our nation's capital. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.